Last week, if you were here in first service, we, we ended the, the worship set, and I think the line was, you make darkness tremble, and like, poof, like the lights went out that day. It was kind of a weird Sunday. Uh, there was a big boom, and so I don't think it's an accident that this song began with, you call us out of darkness into light. And so it's really a, it's a, good, it's a good line to start with, uh, and, and both are true. Uh, Jesus does make darkness tremble, and we are, as his people called, into light. Um, a few, it's been about two years now. My, my grandmother, uh, she passed away. And as, as things tend to be, when someone passes away, you have to go through the things. You, you know, when you go through the things uh, and, and you have the things that you always knew were there. You have like the big piece of furniture, you have the jewelry, you have the, the things you saw, but then eventually you get to things that you've never seen before. You, you've never known. And uh, when my grandmother passed away, uh, we were digging through some old drawers and kind of emptying things. And we found all these letters, uh, letters between her and some uh, military uh, person that was in World War II, uh, another Another woman, uh, if I could think of her name, I think she's famous. But anyhow, uh, it turns out that she had a friendship with this this person, and uh, she bought some furniture from like Japan through her. And so there, there was this, and then and we're getting deeper and deeper into the letters, and we have no idea like how she knew her. But there's as as you're reading a letter that you're not a part of in a time that you weren't a part of, you have to sort of guess and infer the 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 context of it. You know, uh, it, somewhere along the way, we end up finding uh, love letters between my grandfather and my grandmother in there. And that's, that's weird because like you don't think of Nana and Papa like writing love letters to each other, but that's what they did uh, because he was in the war and, and they, they sent correspondence back and forth. A lot of the New Testament is that way. A lot of the New Testament uh, are these letters that, that we're not in like you know, the context of. We, we don't really know a lot about what was happening in the church of Ephesus other than the letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians. Uh, a lot of the letters we, we, want to, we want to look at and we want to figure out what the context is and how, how are we supposed to learn something from that. What I want to do today, we're calling this Sunday Legacy Sunday. It will be uh, behind me here in a moment. And what I want to look at is, is this, this thing that Paul did in almost every one of his letters. And then I want to do the same thing. I want to be of that pattern because Paul is a, is a church planner. Paul is, uh, he, he's pastoral in mind. He's not a, a local church pastor because he would, he would, go plant a church, stay for a year or two, find another pastor who's going to be the pastor of that church, and then he would move on. So he's planting churches everywhere, but he cares very much about the people. And so many times, you may have noticed this as, as you're reading the New Testament or you're hearing someone read it, he would begin a letter and he would just say, let me tell you what I'm praying for you. Let me tell you what, what I've heard God do. Let me tell you about the reputation I've heard for you. Thank you for, for meeting my needs and, and, and doing this. Thank you for, for you know being kind to Barnabas, which, I mean, is parents named him, uh, uh, you know, whatever. But anyway, you have, you, have, you have people with all these different contexts, and, and we look at that, and we think, oh, well, wh- what's the rhythm? What's the, what's the pattern? The pattern is this, is that a lot of times in Paul's writing, he would remind people, hey, here's what we've already done. Here's what we've accomplished as a, as a church or collectively as, as Christians in, in the uh, known world. Uh, here's what your church was a part of. Uh, and then a lot of times, like if you're reading First uh, Corinthians, uh, here's what you've accomplished, but here's also like where you've jacked things up. Like, hey, guys, stop like fighting each other. Stop fighting over meat, stuff like that. And then other times he would write to a church and he says, let me tell you some of the things that you're doing right. Remember, remember that time that you had this event and you did this thing? That was amazing. Uh, keep doing that. Don't, don't fall away from it. I want to look together uh, at 1 Thessalonians. If you have your Bible, I would invite you to, to turn there. 
First Thessalonians is like the second half of the New Testament. Uh, it's kind of towards the back of things. And I just want to read a few verses as Paul, uh, the, the, the name of the place for Thessalonians is Thessalonica. I even bit my cheek as I said that. It's just a hard word to roll off of the tongue. So he's writing to the church in Thessalonica and, and he tells them, hey, remember, remember what you did. Uh, here's, here's what I want to invite you to consider. Uh, you're in first service. Is that right? Yes? Yeah, okay. So we have another service that comes later. Um, many of you don't know who is a part of second service. And then when we get to second service, they're like, I haven't seen so-and-so in a while. They've been here. They're in first service. It's possible, and more than possible, it's, it's very likely that you sit in a position that has uh, a view of Carpenter's Way, and you know some of the things that Carpenter's Way has done, but it's also limited because, because you're in first service, not, not both services. Uh, you, you may not know all of the things that the Lord has been doing in the people of Carpenter's Way. What I want to do today is look at what Paul did with the church in Thessalonica uh, to remind them of the things that maybe they weren't even aware of, of what God was doing. And then together, I want to just sort of look at last year, some of the things that the Lord has done in Carpenter's Way and then, and then it forward uh, into, the, into this year. So I'm going to start in chapter 1, verse 4. And, and here's how Paul says this. And he says similar things in, in a lot of his letters. But he says this. He says, for we know brothers loved by God. He's like, I know that you guys are loved by God. Carpenter's way. If, if nobody said it to you today, God loves you. Amen? Yeah? Uh, he, 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 I had this conversation in the hallway this morning. Not only does he love you, there's nothing you can do to change the fact that he loves you. You can't do anything to earn more of his love. And the great news is, is that there's nothing you've done that has like diminished his love for you in any capacity. He loves you to infinity and beyond. He loves you like, like to a, a capacity you can't recognize and can't understand just because that's his nature. That's who he is. It has nothing to do with you. God loves you. And so he says, hey, we know brothers loved by God. He's chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction. I'm going to pause, and he says, hey guys, remember when we started that church in Thessalonica, we came with the gospel. We taught you the gospel. We told you about Jesus. We told you why he really came. Did you know that Jesus isn't just some great teacher? That Jesus is our representation of God? Jesus came to tell us what God is really like, what he really expects of us, and how he really loves us? That's, that's who Jesus is. And for those of us who have heard the gospel of Jesus, the gospel that says that this perfect man sent by God, God the Son, came and lived a perfect life, and he died on a cross so that you and I can have a right relationship with God, that gospel... He says, you guys heard that gospel. We, we know people in this room, in, in that room, that, that have been transformed by this message. Their lives have never been the same since that moment that they were saved by Jesus. Remember that. Remember when you were saved. Remember, remember when your loved one was baptized here. Re, re, remember that. And, and he adds to it, he's like, and, and you, did this, you did this with much affliction. It wasn't, it wasn't all rainbows and sunshine when the church in Thessalonica started. Who knows what all they went through? I can guess some things. I mean, you did have an emperor that was kind of reigning at the time who it was just his hobby to go kill people. He would grab Christians, hang them up on a, on a post. He's like, I'm going to light my gardens with Christians. That was Nero. Go read your history books. So when he says there was much affliction, he doesn't just mean someone like got on the news and said something bad about our politician of the day. Uh, he, he's talking about like some serious afflictions, but it wasn't all like easy either. 
You know, uh, as, as we look uh, here, you know, we're going to look at some, some obstacles that we've overcome as a church, but it's important to remember that God is always succeeding in, in these realms. Whatever God wants to do with his church and his people, he's going to accomplish. He just invites us, Carpenter's Way, to be a part of that. He says, he says you receive the word with, with much affliction, but also, he says, with the joy of the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes as we're going through uh, present day affliction, we forget previous moments of joy where the Lord came through, where the Lord uh, accomplished a thing and, and we rode that high for a while, that, that, that moment where God was there. He, 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 there was a breakthrough. There was, there was something huge that happened in my life. We, we forget those moments and Paul draws their attention to it. He says in verse seven, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. He reminds the, the church in Thessalonica, let me, let me tell you not just what was happening in your people, in your church. Let me remind you how you were an example to other churches nearby. Other people in other communities are influenced by what you did, your obedience to the gospel. Verse 8, he says, For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia. So it's not just that you were like talking, uh, but he says your faith in God has gone forth everywhere. So that we need not say anything. He's, he, what Paul is saying is, he said, you've actually made it easier for us to share the gospel. Your reputation in Thessalonica, your faith has gone forth. And when we show up, they're like, oh yeah, we heard about that church in Thessalonica. We want some of that same Jesus in our community too. Like, he, Do you know what God has done in Thessalonica? I, I'll just say something I don't personally know. But the reputation in Achaia and Macedonia was spreading about what the Lord was doing in that group of people. And whenever Paul and Barnabas and Silas, when they showed up, that reputation preceded them. It's like, I, I want some of that. I want what the Lord did in that family. He, the Lord turned that guy into this guy? How, how do we get a piece of that? He says, he says your faith has gone forth. We, we don't really need to say much. Verse 9, he says, For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for a son from heaven whom he raised from the dead who delivers us from the wrath to come. In, in all of this celebration of what Paul will do in Thessalonica, as he's like, he's kind of beating that drum of, you guys did this, you have a great reputation for this, you accomplished this. He says, remember the main point. The main point is, is, is Jesus. Is it up here? I don't, I don't know if it's been behind me at all this, this time. I'll turn around eventually and look at it. He says, he says to wait on, uh, for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. He said, don't, don't make the mistake that a lot of churches would make, a lot of churches in the Bible make, of you get so wrapped up in your accomplishments, you rest on your laurels. The, the accomplishments of pushing the gospel forward last year don't exempt us from pushing the gospel forward next year. We, we continue to do the same thing because Jesus is worth it. And so the main point is, is that Jesus was raised from the dead, and he's the one who delivers us from the wrath to come. And so I'm going to skip four because he, he continues in this for chapters about here's the things you've done, here's the things you've overcome, here's how you uh, mimicked us. But all the way kind of towards the end in chapter four, he says this, Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us, how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you're doing, that you do so more and more. He says, he says I'm not, I have nothing to correct in you, church in Thessalonica. As you've been following the Lord, I'm telling you now, do it more. And when you do it more, do it more. He says, more and more. 
You know, Paul, as, as he writes, as it seems to me that he, he accomplishes four things. And I want to try to accomplish those same four things for Carpenter's Way. I want to be very specific about Carpenter's Way. The four things that I think Paul accomplishes uh, in, in really the whole letter of Thessalonians, but uh, certainly in other uh, letters that he writes, is one, he, he, he wants to remember the accomplishments. Here, here's what the church did. Two, he remembers the obstacles. You guys remember that time that this happened? You remember when Nero said this and we had to deal with that? Remember that affliction your family felt when, when there was confusion about what the gospel meant? Remember those obstacles? He, he points to them as like moments like, here's, here's what you've overcome. Three, he stayed focused on the main point. He didn't get lost in, in this. He didn't say, hey, guys, I want you to continue that food pantry. Uh, you guys did great with the food pantry last year. And next year, just like, just focus on the food pantry. He always brings it back. Every letter that Paul writes, he always brings it back. Remember why you did the food pantry. Remember why you fed the, the needy. Remember why you, you gave to the poor. The reputation is because you prioritized Jesus Christ and his gospel. And you ran with that. Don't lose that. And then the fourth thing he did, and we just read in that uh, chapter four, is that he presses forward. He calls that church to press forward. Like, don't rest on the laurels of what you've accomplished. Move forward into the new year. Move forward into the, to the next moment and continue to do the same things because, because there's work to be done. I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, Mid-County, the, the area that we're in, if you're online and you're not from this area, this area is called Mid-County, uh, there are uh, many people uh, who are sitting in a church right now just like you. Uh, just like you, they've prioritized the Lord. Uh, they've believed in the gospel themselves and they, they've been saved by that and they're wanting to push the gospel forward. Praise God. I pray for churches as, as I come in every Sunday that they would continue to push the gospel forward. But uh, I, I don't know if you realize it or not, but more people in Mid-County are not in church. Uh, and it's not because like, you know, they're out fishing, but otherwise love the Lord. It's because they've never heard the gospel. They don't know that Jesus saves. Many people in our community, many friends that you probably know, they have this image in their head that God is somehow really mad at them and really kind of, you know, uh, maybe, maybe not even trustworthy. Some people would even argue like, oh, I, just, I can't even, I look at the way the world is set up right now and I just don't even believe that there is a God. There is a mission, Carpenter's Way, that we continue to go forward. We continue to influence our community, Mid-County and wherever you find yourself with the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. Why? Because that's the only thing that changes lives. And every activity Carpenter's Way has been about, every activity we've done, it doesn't matter if we talk about uh, the last splash, we talk about our crossover, we're going to talk about that in a moment. It doesn't matter what event you look at. The goal of that event is not to promote us, not to promote you who really worked on that, that one craft really well. The, the point of that event is to promote Jesus, to push Jesus and magnify him as big and as bright and as loud as we can in Mid-County. Not because we think that, you know, uh, we're right, you're wrong. We think that he actually saves lives. We think that Jesus transforms people. We think that people move from darkness into life because Jesus has that power and still continues to have that power. That's what we believe. So how have we done that, church? What has Carpenter's Way been about? And, and I'm talking to you as someone who has a, has a limited view. I, I want to I just give an overview of 2021. And I want to use this framework. We can leave this up for the remainder of this. It the first thing that Paul did is that he remembered the accomplishments. I want to talk about some of the accomplishments of Carpenter's Way just in 2021, okay? We had uh, this past year, 
Uh, roughly 15 families. It was, it was about 28 individuals. So roughly 15 families that said, I want to make Carpenter's Way my home. They, they, they did that by going through Cornerstone here at Carpenter's Way. They raised their hand and said, I, I'm, I'm saved by the gospel and I'm looking to make this my home. 15 families that, you know, they were, they were looking for a church. Uh, who here remembers looking for a church? You searched, you look. Can, can we all just agree, everybody in here that just raised their hand, can we all just agree that it's an incredibly difficult job to find a church? Oh my gosh. I, I was, I was a, a, a student pastor for six years in Dallas, and my wife and I, we moved back to Texas, and it took us a year and a half to find a church. A year and a half. It's not from a lack of churches. It's not like we, we looked for three months and we couldn't even find a single building. No, there's churches everywhere, but it's really hard to find the church that you belong in, a church that you feel God calling you to, a church that you can, you can invest your gifts in. Last year, 2021, 15 families said, this is our home. This is where God is calling us to be. And this is where we're going to grow our family. And this is where we're going to invest our gifts and our talents in moving the gospel forward. That's something to be celebrated. We also celebrated last year, 2021, seven baptisms. Now, now, baptisms, let's be clear. Baptisms isn't what saves you. Uh, there's an unknown number of people who've confessed the Lord. Uh, baptisms is that moment after confession that people, that, that they want to follow the Lord. Like, how do I be obedient to follow Jesus? Well, scripture teaches that the first step in obedience is after you, you confess Jesus as Lord is that you follow him just like he was baptized into baptism as a proclamation to all your friends and all your family that just as he died and was raised again, so too are you dead in your sins and are raised to new life. And and Carpenter's Way last year had seven of these. We, we, had, we had some of these where we ended a service and we just filled up a tank of water in the, in the front yard, so to speak. And, and we, we, uh, we baptized people. We celebrated as a church those days. We had one. I'll tell you, uh, it was like summertime, uh, I think. I don't know. It was really hot all week long. Uh, we planned it for this one weekend. Uh, it was going to be in someone's swimming pool. Uh, and, and like a freak snowpocalypse came that morning. It was like 39 degrees that morning. And I'm like, hey, are you still want to get baptized? She's like, yeah, <laughs> we're getting baptized today. I don't have a wetsuit. I don't know. It was the coldest baptism I've ever been a part of. I got in and it took a second. Like you get into the water and you just sit there and you just cringe, you know, and, and we celebrate. You go look at our Facebook page. It's there. Uh, we celebrated someone choosing Jesus and, and really like doing the polar bear challenge at the same time. We, we had a child. When I say a child, I'm talking elementary age child. Uh, he confessed Jesus as Lord at another church that he was visiting with a family member. And he, he was like, I got to get baptized somewhere. And he met with Micah. The family met with Micah. And one Wednesday night, he's like, I can't wait. We talked about like, do you want to wait for a Sunday? I can't wait. I just want to get baptized. And I want to celebrate this in front of my friends. And we filled up a tank in, like we had to find a spotlight because it's dark on Wednesday nights. And, and they called all the children out and all the youth from this building went and they celebrated this, I'm going to say eight-year-old, nine-year-old uh, who confessed Jesus as Lord, say, I, I, I'm, I'm here to celebrate it. This is, this is baptism. This is, this is good. We, uh, as a church, uh, in last year, uh, had, I counted, and I'm sure I missed some, uh, but 19 organized serve opportunities. And what I mean by that is like, we collectively as a community group or as a whole church just like went out and did a thing. We, we, we served another group of people. We did two crossovers last year where we met on Sunday in this room and then we just, we just scattered. We did some things. The men's ministry gets together every last Saturday of the month and they serve in this building in some way. 
Uh, the, the preschool and the children's ministry were uh, multiple times this year putting together blessings bags and, and they would go give them to, to homeless people and people in need in our community, little bags of food with a card, handwritten. I don't know what it feels like to just receive from a stranger a card written by a third grader saying I'm praying for you and just hand it to, to someone. Like that, that's amazing. And, and as a dad of a child in that area, I can tell you that my kids are like chomping at the bit like, hey, dad, we've got these bags. We've got to give this away because our, our children's ministry and our preschool ministry is growing in them this heart that Jesus is worth talking about and Jesus is worth celebrating and getting out there. We, uh, uh, our, our students, our students had uh, multiple times this year where they served foster families in our community. They did an adopt-a-family program where they raised uh, all these Christmas gifts for, for kids in a foster home, a specific foster home. And it wasn't just random gifts. I love how it's done. Uh, they actually contacted an agency and says, what do these kids in this house want? And the kids say, I want this. And the student ministry like gathered it together and brought it. Uh, they, they helped serve in a number of ways. Through your giving last year, we've served an unknown number of families. I'm going to say unknown because I'm not going to go through each and every story. But, but your giving into the crossover fund allows us when a family in need just shows up, it's not a question. It's not like, hey, can we rally the troops? And like, can I get, can we pass a plate around and see what we, we, we have the ability to help people when, when they're looking for food, when they're, when they're looking for just someone to talk to. A few weeks ago, I shared a story of a couple uh, coming in, and they said, they said uh, I'll just share it again. They, they said, we, we need some help. There was, there was a lapse in this, and uh, it will pick back up here, but because of how this tax thing was done, it was, it was complicated, but, but we just need some groceries. I was like, well, you know, how, how much do you need like, to get you by? And usually when you ask a question like that, the answer is like, just as much as you'll give me. Like, as, like I will take $1,000 if you have it. Uh, the answer was like, I need, I need $45. I need, I need $45 to make it from, from, from today to the end of the month to make sure that we have groceries. That, that's, so I talked to him. I said, yeah, yeah, we can help. She says, she says well, I don't, I don't know if you heard me. Uh, me, me and my partner, she says, she says I'm, I'm, I'm gay, and I know that's a problem from some churches. I, I, don't, I don't understand the, 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 the uh, how do I word this? I don't understand uh, the, the church that here's anybody who is $45 away from making it through the end of the month and think, oh, well, you have this lifestyle choice that is, uh, is a, uh, you know, disqualifies you from the $45 help. No, here's what we do at Carpenters Away. Uh, we met with them. We, we helped them with groceries. I shared the gospel. We prayed. They've been hurt by the church so many different ways. They were scared to come to the church. And because of your giving, we had a conversation with someone who was hurt by the church. And many of us in a room like this, I, I, I'm not going to go into too many details, but I think, I think it's safe to say many of us in a room like this have like, I know what it's like to be hurt by the church. And I'm just like, I'm, I find a safe place in Carpenter's Way. I think, I think that that's, that's good. We had another uh, guy uh, that we served because of your giving. It made it super easy to serve. Uh, he, was, he was looking for help. And, and the way it, way it landed for him is uh, he moved here uh, because he had a sure job with a sure thing, with a sure thing. And he got here and all the sure things fell apart. And his family is, so what do I do? I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to stay in my car. And so we helped him with groceries. And through a couple of conversations with prayer, we actually connected him with a landlord that was able to, to help find housing that was at an affordable rate. I don't know if you know the housing situation in our area. It's bonkers. It's cartoonish how much we're renting houses for. That's, that's another conversation. Uh, I'm, I'm celebrating what Carpenter's Way has accomplished. 
Just a few weeks ago, we had Frosty Frenzy. Frosty Frenzy is a moment that we want to have just a, a lighthearted chance to celebrate with our community, uh, to meet with them, to pray with them, to tell them that we're here for them. We estimate, we're not exactly sure the number, but we estimate about a thousand people came through. Uh, of, of all of you here, uh, it was only a two-hour event. Eighty of you uh, served. Eighty of you uh, at Carpenter's Way served to make sure that that event was possible. And one of the things I asked you in that uh, volunteer meeting was I want you to be praying for this one type of person. I want you to be praying for that family who's just here to have a good time, and they do have a good time, but when life goes sideways, uh, they know that we're a church that is there for them and loves them. I asked you to pray that. Do you remember that, many of you? Uh, So we had the event. We prayed the prayers. Uh, We had the event. We had a great time. I had a blast uh, at Frosty Frenzy. Uh, We find out that one of the the recipients of the prizes that we're giving away, like door prizes, we we called them the next day, and that morning her husband was in a car wreck and and he died. And, uh, well, who's, who's your church? Yeah, I don't, I don't have a church. We get to, we get to meet and pray with a, a recent widow with four kids because you helped put Frosty Frenzy on. You think, well, Frosty Frenzy is just like, there's a Santa Claus, there's a giant snowman. I don't see the point. That's the point. The point is that it opens this gateway that you can share the gospel more and more because Jesus is worth it. We currently have right now, to make Sundays and Wednesdays work, uh, we currently have about 80 serve opportunities, 80 roles that are kind of designed with things that you could jump into and serve. We don't have 80 of these roles filled yet, but there are 80 jobs that keep this thing rolling. These are really great accomplishments for Carpenter's Way. But the second thing that Paul did with Thessalonica is that he looked at some of the obstacles. I'm going to have to be quick here. He looked at some of the obstacles. Can Can we talk about some of the hard things that we went through last year? Can we just admit... Uh, first is that um, we were in year two of a worldwide pandemic, and that just makes things all kinds of crazy. Uh, the cost of everything skyrocketed. The number of events that we planned and and like they canceled, like a, a, a conference was canceled, a camp was canceled. And like here, mom and dad, here's your money back again. I'm sorry, I, I, we can't we can't plan around that. Uh, the the pandemic makes things all kinds of difficult. When you go to the grocery store, and you're like, how are we out of chicken? Like the entire world ran out of chicken today? How did that happen? Tomorrow's toilet paper and the next day it's like Pringles or something. Like just random junk just runs out all the time. And when you're an organization, you're trying to make plans, uh, it's difficult. I'm telling you, like for Frosty Frenzy, it was a trick to find hot dog buns. It's hard to find 800 hot dog buns like like that. Uh, It was a trick. Uh, We had uh, last year uh, five and a half months of a pastor search. Now that, that is... It, it is an obstacle, but I should, I should tell you, like, the average pastor search is like 18 months or more. Um, that's, that's a long, long time. And, and for those of you who remember me being on staff before being up here, uh, I, there was no guarantee. I didn't know that at the end of five and a half months, I'm going to be called as pastor. It was, it was just this unknown period of time where we're, we're as a group making decisions and trying to, to prayerfully find what the Lord wants us to do. I need you to know that you have elders that, that met probably weekly, every other week. I mean, just constantly we're meeting, uh, praying over like the decision, not just the pastor search because, because that's a thing, but then all of the decisions that a pastor has to make went through a group of men that, that were trying to figure it out. But that was an obstacle and it, and it made, it made decisions slower. And, you know, uh, we had a student pastor search in there as well. 
We actually saw last year uh, giving and attendance go down, which is a weird thing to talk about because the first year of the pandemic, uh, giving and attendance went up. Uh, but in the second year of the pandemic, maybe due to fatigue or just whatever, the, the rally, what, what, we did the opposite of what some churches saw. Some, some churches saw an immediate drop in attendance and an immediate drop in giving. We saw like a delayed drop in attendance and a delayed drop in, uh, in giving. We also have uh, just countless number of personal tragedies in, in our room, in our church. We've, we've mourned losses together. I had someone tell me recently that uh, what they love about Carpenter's Way is that Carpenter's Way knows how to suffer well because we, we've suffered together for so many things. Um, but we, we have that, and we have fatigue uh, as a group. And another obstacle that we have and we continue to have, and we will continue to have into the coming years, just generally just building space. Uh, I don't know if you know this. I'm going to talk about why in a second, but our, our use of this building is, is pretty close to maximized, uh, and it, it creates some, some difficulties. For instance, um, if the student ministry wanted to buy a second Gaga ball pit, it, it is not a problem of money. We have nowhere to put the thing. Like, in the middle of the week, where, where would it go? These are some of the obstacles that your church, Carpenter's Way, has faced. But the third thing that Paul did is that he stayed focused on the main point. The thing about obstacles is that they, they demand your attention. This is true in your family as well. When, when you get a phone call and it's like, hey, your taxes just like quadrupled this year, just, you know, because, because tax, whatever. Like, there's no reason. It's just they did. Uh, it, it catches you off guard and you're required to focus on it. When you get a phone call from your boss and they're like, hey, we're, we're having some layoffs and your position's one of them that we're looking at, just like hang tight. Uh, it demands, every time there's an uh, obstacle, it demands your, your focus. And if you're not careful, you'll wake up a year from now and realize I've been focusing on the wrong thing. I've been focusing on my problems all this time. I've not been focusing on the main point. Here's how Carpenter's Way stayed focused on the main point last year is that we constantly come back to our mission to influence our community with what? Do you know? The grace and truth of Jesus Christ. We're, we're not going to do a lot of uh, like, hey, let me tell you which politician to vote for. No. Our, our church, from the stage or in practice, we don't get mixed up in politics a lot because we stay focused on the main point. We promote Jesus in, in all of our activities and all of our things. Um, we've had uh, gospel-centered teaching, gospel-centered music. I love the worship music that we sing because if you, even if you don't sing, which I'm terrible at singing, just ask anybody, uh, even if you don't sing, if you just sit down and like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna read those words. I'm gonna pray those words. You're, you're like reading the gospel in beautiful poetic language that is constantly reaffirming what the Lord is doing, that he's calling us to love one another. He's calling us to trust him. He's calling us to, to remember what he's accomplished. Um, we've had, just in the last six months, uh, several series. I, I just wanna go over the series real quick that we went through. Uh, we, we did How to Church uh, back in the summer. Uh, we look at the, uh, the book of Acts and we're like, hey, we're coming out of the pandemic. Maybe we need a reminder of how to be a church again. And so we, we had a few weeks of How to Church. We immediately opened the book of James and spent about five or six weeks in, in religious. And it's like, you know, that word religious has a bad connotation, but, but God like teaches a certain practice, a certain things that we would call religious activities uh, that are really positive and strong to remind us of. Um, we, we had Disciple 101 where we looked at these different marks of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, what it means to be a disciple. And then I, I, I spent, I don't know, 
12 weeks in the Sermon on the Mount, which if I had to be honest with you, I'm tempted to just start again. Like I just, like I love the Sermon on the Mount so much. I, I, I think about it constantly where we looked at this, this moment where Jesus lays down this ethic, this way of doing things that is still 2000 years after he said it, still fresh and new. And, and it, it's, it's, appetizing to me. It, it, I hear it and I just I hang on every word. And I was like, I want that for our community. I want that for our people. And then this last series we looked at, Rejoice, that, that it is possible to remember today a moment that God has already accomplished and brings joy into today. Our community groups uh, this past year, for the very first time, we had summer community groups. Um, we had six community groups in the, in the fall. Every one of them is going through gospel-centered uh, teachings and lessons. They're gathering. There's a women's-only group. There's a Monday night group because Wednesday nights isn't perfect for everybody. Most, uh, most families will attend a Wednesday night community group and then send their kids to Wednesday night programming here uh, where they hear the gospel and they hear what the, what the Lord is doing. If, if you, let me just say something real quick. Uh, community groups may not be your way to find discipleship, but if you're not in a group of people, whether they're friends or not is irrelevant for this conversation. If you're not in a group of people that are encouraging you to follow the Lord, challenging you in different ways, then you need to really consider community groups. I don't, it's not about numbers. I don't care about what the attendance is. I'm just telling you for your family, it's, it is a red light blinking alarm. If you don't have a group of people in your life that you're doing life with, that, that you're pursuing Jesus together with, um, community groups may be the right answer for you. And there's some information about that in the hall or on the app. You, you, you know where to find those things. Uh, and the last thing I'll say about it is that our Wednesday night attendance, if you're an adult, you don't know this, uh, but our, our minors, uh, zero to 18, they all meet in this building. And you may not know this, but they, uh, in attendance, beat the adults four times to one. There are four times more children. And this building is just running with teenagers and preschool and children, that, that they, they are growing in the Lord. And they're hearing uh, Bible stories. Uh, they're, they're coming home with like a new song that they sang. My kid's like, I, I made this painting. I'm like, what is that? Like, uh, like a snake? Like, no, it's, it's Noah. It's like, I didn't know. I didn't know he was just a long line. Uh, but, you know, that's just how kids draw and things. Uh, I, I'll talk to somebody and they're like, you know, uh, we, we don't have a lot for the, for the, you know, I want more activities for my kids. Have you, have you seen Wednesday night here in this building? Do you know that your children, uh, especially in, in, in the youth, like if, if you have a teenager, do you know that they go into a small group with other adults who volunteer to be in there, uh, with group kids, their same age, and they wrestle with the gospel on a weekly basis? Do you know that? Do you know that they're like in, in the children's department, they talk about ways that they can, they can witness to their friends at the cafeteria and at the lunch table. This is, this is the discipleship that's happening here at Carpenter's Way. And so, and so the fourth and the last thing is that he called the church to press forward. I want to I cast a vision for the coming year uh, and invite you to prayerfully consider your role in that uh, and to, to celebrate. We're going to continue our mission to influence our community with the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. It's the only, it's the only thing that's really worth anything. We, we, we do a great frosty frenzy. Who cares? Uh, if it doesn't promote Jesus, who cares? Uh, we, we have uh, great community groups. And if you just need a time to gather and eat a meal with somebody, we can do that anytime you want. But if it stops promoting Jesus, we don't care. We're going to continue that mission. 
We're gonna, everything we do, we're going to put Jesus as the front, and we want to influence our community with his grace and his truth, and wrestle with that tension that's between those, those two things. We're going to be commissioning some new elders today, because the way that Carpenter's Way runs is that we're an elder-led church. I don't know if you know this, but nobody in this room, uh, unless you've been an elder uh, even then, uh, nobody in this room has ever voted on like the color of our toilet paper or anything like weird stuff. I've been in churches where it's just like, hey guys, we got to have an emergency meeting. There's a coffee stain right there. No, 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 no. We have, we have an elder-led church. There's no coffee stain there. We have an elder-led church, which means that there's a group of godly men who gather together and they pray, and, and our elders roll off every three years. And so today, this morning, even at the end of this service, we're going to be commissioning one of our elders, and then we're going to begin next service. If you want to stay around, we're going to, like, the countdown's going to hit zero at 11 a.m. We're commissioning the rest of our elders. You could, you could stay and be a part of that. We're kicking off our community groups this Wednesday and all of our children's ministry ministries this Wednesday night. If, if you're like, hey, you know what? I need my kids in like some discipleship. I, I, me and my wife uh, and me and my friend, we need, to, we need to get into a group of people who are pursuing Jesus together. This is your, your, your invitation. Nobody's met yet this semester. It's brand new groups, brand new studies. You, you've not missed anything. You can be a part of that now. We're looking at uh, our next cornerstone for new members. If you're, if you're like, hey, you know what? Uh, like those other 15 families, my family's ready to call Carpenter's Way my home. I've not done that yet. If you're ready to do that, we're looking at one of those in February. So we'll be announcing that uh, very soon. It's just a chance to like ask your questions, ask your hard questions. I love that our church is, is like the safe place for people who have never been to church, people who have been hurt by the church, people who grew up in like a Baptist background, people who grew up in a Catholic background. We have across this room, like this rainbow of former beliefs, this rainbow of like backgrounds uh, of, of church history. Uh, and we all find our home here. And you can ask some of those questions uh, at the next cornerstone. We're looking at another crossover serve Sunday, probably in the month of April. More information about that will be coming. And this is, again, a Sunday where we will go out into our community and go serve in very tangible ways. I'm in talks right now with, um, oh man, the name of the organization is escaping me. It's a... Um, as soon as you leave, I'll remember it. But they serve uh, girls who have been trafficked in our community. I don't know if you know this, but this is kind of a big uh, 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 problem in, in our community because we're right on the I-10 corridor between Houston and everything else in the world. Uh, and so they, they have a shelter that will be rescuing girls who want to be rescued from trafficking, giving them counseling, helping them with jobs. And, and they're like, hey, can, can you help like seat toilets and like hang a window I'm like, yeah, I think we probably have some people that can help with that. I, I believe in this room, even right now, I, we have some people like, I can swing a hammer. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that we're looking at. We may be able to help them with that in, in uh, crossover. What else will we do? Well, if you're in a community group, you're going to be deciding some of the projects that we'll do for our next crossover because our model is that community groups find uh, some needs in their area. Are we going to do a mission trip this year? Uh, I would love to. I'll put a question mark next to it. Uh, we haven't done a mission trip since the pandemic started. Can we do one this year? Maybe. Um, may, maybe, maybe we can plan one this year that begins all next year. I, I don't know, but that's something I want to do. We need to get back out and do those things. If you don't uh, already see the value of gathering as a group of people, uh, as, as, as a church, I'm going to invite you to, to prioritize today, right now, uh, gathering on a regular basis 
in community groups and on Sunday mornings or in another discipleship setting, that, that, that it is imperative for you, not, not because of any goals we have as a church. It's because it edifies you to hear the gospel repeated over and over again, to hear what other people are doing with the gospel. It's good for you. If, if you're already a part of Carpenter's Way, like, yeah, this is my home, uh, and, and I believe in the mission, I believe in all the things that these different departments are doing, I'm going to tell you that, that you need to not only prioritize attendance, but, but there has to be a priority towards the giving and tithing towards those things. This, this is just, as, as a pastor, I have to talk about this. I don't like talking about money, but here's the reality of every nonprofit, not just churches. It runs off of donations. Every, every mission, every endeavor, every, everything that ever gets done it's not done because we make a cog and we sell it in a shop. It's done because of the faithful giving of the people who call this place home. I would invite you to prioritize giving as a way to promote and as a way to prayerfully support the ministries of Carpenter's Way. In closing, uh, I want to I read one thing that Paul wrote in Ephesians. Uh, if we can put it right here, it'll save me some time. I'm turning to Ephesians 3. He writes to the church in Ephesus, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Church, listen to me. If, if you've zoned out, please hear me say this. Um, we've made plans for what this year can accomplish. We're asking Jesus to direct our paths in that. And if a plan needs to change, then we need to change it because he's able to do far more abundantly than anything we've ever thought of yet. We want to pursue him to the point that we wake up six months from now. It's like, where did that come from? Like, did you plan that? Did, did you plan? No, no. It was in our obedience to trusting Jesus that he accomplished more in Mid-County through Carpenter's Way than we ever thought he could because it's his church and it's his.